Hello and welcome back to another episode of Discipleship.ca. My name is Steve. And, and with I'm me Teresa. Today is <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was like, why is he pausing? Am I supposed to just jump in? Dramatic effect. And, oh, sorry, go and ahead. With and me go. today is Teresa. There we go. Uh, thanks for joining us as we have another discussion with the hope, prayer, and goal of encouraging you in your daily walk of faith and journey towards Christ-likeness as we explore scripture, faith, and Christian life, as well as talking about what Jesus is teaching us on our journeys of faith. Today, we are looking at uh, uh, two, well, one statement that that Jesus made, and it's summed up in uh, the the phrasing in verse 18 of chapter 16 of the book of Matthew, and it said, Jesus says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. So we're going to look at the moment that Jesus said that, but then we're going to look at the way that Jesus actually built his church in the early book of Acts, uh, part of Acts. So first we're going to get uh, Teresa to read us Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. All right. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea, Caesarea? <laughs> Caesarea Philippi. Caesar. <laughs> Sorry, Philippi. We just got these Bibles. I, <laughs> I just learned to read. He asked his disciples, who do you say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then he strictly charged the disciples to not to tell no one that he was the Christ. Yeah, so we get this this moment where um, Jesus is with the disciples, and if you go, always helps to kind of look where where we're at. Uh, If you go backwards a little bit, you get uh, in in Matthew, Jesus is healing people. He feeds 4,000 in Matthew. The Pharisees and Sadducees are demanding signs. And uh, Jesus talks about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's saying, you know, like, hey, you've got, you've got this problem in you. Yeast hmm. and leaven was a problem, a symbolic problem, right? It was, uh, that's why we are supposed to eat unleavened bread at the Lord's Supper. And then right. Jesus comes back to the disciples and says, okay, you've seen, like, you, you're watching this mess. You know, I'm healing people and feeding people and doing the signs that show that the kingdom of God has come near. What? Who do you say I am? Like, mm. what What have you yeah, guys... Who do you I, say I am? Yeah. Have you guys learned anything about me uh, in this, this kind of process? So... Um, as as they're sorting that out, right, we, we start to to realize, you know, Peter's got his personality, and one of the first things that happens every time Peter speaks is he uh, is the first... I love that about Peter. He's, he's the first to speak. Rash. He's kind of brash, and he just kind of goes and blurts out, and so this is exactly what... what uh, what Peter does here is is blurts out and speaks, yeah. right? Yeah. He's like, well, I I know what you're. The, people say you're the son of man, or the disciples say you're son of man. John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Uh, Peter's like, you're the Christ. Yeah, just out there, you're, blunt. You're 
the son of the living God. Like, mm. clearly Peter has got it figured out. Yeah. Who, uh, who Jesus is. Right. Uh, how that means Peter should respond, react, lead. He hasn't figured that part out, right? Because no, right. we're going to get through as we uh, go farther in these passages. We're going to run through all of the the roller coaster of, of relational uh, connectedness that Peter has with Jesus and just that all the way to the cross where he's swinging swords and re- ready to take on uh, the Roman uh, garrison that has come to arrest him, mm-hmm. Jesus, to uh, a few short hours later, he's hiding in, in the darkness and, and denying that he knows Christ, right? Yeah. Like it, there's, there's a pretty big swing, but here Jesus is like, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Yeah. You've learned something that God is trying to teach, right? And he says, because of this, and that's this is the passage that we, the verse that I read before, because of this, Peter, uh, I tell you, uh, you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There's a play on words there, right? Because in Greek, Peter means rock. Yeah. Um, so we have this idea that that Peter is the rock. So we've got this two th- two tiered thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is saying, "I'm going to build my church um, on this rock." So Peter is going to be kind of the driving force right. in the early book of Acts. Um, but it's not that it rests on Peter. Right. right? It's he's not that guy. Right. Uh, that's Jesus. So we have this idea like. As the as the church goes in the early bit, that's how that's how Peter's going to go. Uh, right. There's going to be this duality of what's going on, and then he goes. Pete, Jesus goes on and said, "I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound mm. in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven." And then he says, "Don't tell anybody about me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And thank. That's you a for, common theme too, th- right? Don't thank tell you. anybody. Yeah, it's not the it's, time. It's not time. It's not time. Um, if we were to look over, you did this to me last time, but Ephesians chapter two, verse nineteen and twenty. I didn't warn you, but you already mm-hmm. had your you already had something in your Bible. I thought you were at the spot already. No, as in um, Acts, because that's where we're going next. Ephesians, what's right? Chapter two, verse nineteen and twenty. Oh, I got it. I got it. I used yeah. to do sword drills all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nineteen is like not here. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Right. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to build the church on this rock. Yeah. And he's talking to a guy whose name is Rock. <laughs> and and some people take that and they've that. kind of elevated Peter to a spot that he doesn't belong. Christ is the cornerstone right. of the church. It's the it's the testimony and the and the work of the apostles mm. that that yes is the early establishing mm. uh, effort right but it's all in Christ and so we realize that as the keys of the kingdom are given uh, our keys uh, to the kingdom of heaven are given uh, to Peter for the church mm-hmm. uh, we realize that uh, it comes with a power yeah. right and that power that we have rests. In Jesus, and then as we go on in Scripture, for us now on the other side of the cross, it's in Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. And this is something that he, here in, in our our local context in the church we're working in, we're 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 working at trying to understand what does it mean to be a word authority but spirit power church. Right. Like how do we rest on the 
the words and the, the theology mm-hmm. and, and the truth that we find in scripture about Jesus, mm-hmm. but then right, solid live, doctrine. live in that power. Yeah, yeah. Those, the power that God has given mm-hmm. through Jesus to the church uh, for ministry. Because Jesus says, nothing will overcome the church. Right. The church will continue forever. We may have difficult days. And we've days. seen that like yeah, through history. Like, the church is still around. It's still know, here. No matter how despite. often we try to destroy it ourselves by f- fighting and bickering and splitting mm-hmm. and yeah. all sorts of things, the church just continues. No yeah. matter how hard kingdoms try to wipe out yeah. the, the church. And, and if you just think of the Romans in those first few centuries, mm-hmm. they could not find everybody and kill them all. They right. tried. They did. But they couldn't, right? Mm-hmm. So... There's this reality that we have a power and authority that comes through Jesus. That is, it, it, that the Holy Spirit is 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 delivering to the the church now, and there's an authority that comes with that. So as we think about this reality of, here's Peter saying, "I know who you are," and that's the confession that I think we all have now, right? We, if mm, you if you're yep. a believer, is that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Son of the Living God. He came to do what he said he's going to do. Uh, Peter's not saying, hey, you you went to the cross uh, and shed your blood because he hasn't actually done that you, or you resurrected from the dead because he hasn't actually done that yet. Right. Peter will get to that confession once right. those things happen. Mm-hmm. So if we were to bring Peter to this point, he would confess the full, you know, like Apostles' Creed right. kind of deal, right? But yes, what, this turns, what this turns to is that early church in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to leap from here all, right. all the way to Acts chapter 2. All right. Uh, which really... That I have ready. <laughs> which really isn't that far ahead when it comes to time, right? Right. Um, we're at the transfiguration. Who is the greatest? E- even if you'd go, there's a couple... You know, we're only jumping ahead, like, I don't know, four years okay. at the max. Maybe five. All right. Right? It's not that long. Right. Peter is still around. Um, um, He gets up and preaches a sermon at Pentecost where a few thousand people join the church and things are just kind of going crazy. And and if you're a pastor listening, just imagine that (laughs) you you have some dude in your church. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's somebody else. And they go out into the town square and 3,000 people show up to church. How good are your programs at that point, right? Yeah, you your got infrastructure. The, you got the infrastructure <laughs> to deal with that? No, uh, nobody does. Not even does. not even the big churches, That's right? Like even growth, if your church yeah. is like ten thousand people and you had another three thousand show up, yeah, nobody can deal with that. Right. No, like we don't have a clue on how to do this. <laughs> the I'm early sure they church, didn't either. the early church. I mean, they didn't even have they didn't have parking lots. Like parking attendants to help you get all the cars into the parking lot. They didn't have any of that. No, they didn't have. Not. They had nothing. So they, this, they were is, this is that first bit where uh, we start to realize, and it's Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through to 47. Okay. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. 
So I love that the Lord added, right? Like yeah, we think that uh, we're doing all this wonderful thing. It's not us. It's the we're Lord. we're not really doing the a Lord. Whole lot. I I mean my people at times like I, we're in a season where our our small small local churches is, is uh, we're seeing some good growth and we're seeing you know. Uh, uh, kind of high proportion of people getting baptized. Yeah, it's and great. It's seeing, exciting. And we're seeing, you know, things like tangible things that you can look at to try to figure out health as we teach more on on uh, the joy of giving and, and those kinds of things. Mm. We're seeing strong. We're sitting here in the middle of summer, which is normally not a good time, and our actually... Our actual our giving is is increasing is increasing, mm. not decreasing, and and it's a it's a wonderful thing. And people ask me, "What are you doing?" And I'm, uh, <laughs> my typical answer is, "I'm just trying to get out of the way." I just trying I don't, to get out I don't of the really, way. I don't really like. There are days where I'm like, I don't really know what's going on. Like I'm, you know, we're a small church under under a hundred, which I yeah. think is is a pretty normal thing. Um, but like when you have like on Sunday, we had. Uh, well, Sunday was confusing too because we just had to switch venues. Yeah, we had to switch our venues. Venue wasn't and we rent our, we don't have a building. So those we are rent usually lower we, Sundays. Yeah, but they're normally lower. But then we had like fifteen visitors. Yeah, we now, did. Some of them are family, and we know yeah, that, yeah. and we knew they were coming, and it's kind of a cyclical yearly sort of deal. Yeah. yeah. But others, others weren't, and and I'm like. People are like, well, how did they get here? I'm like, I don't know. I know. I, I actually, because I don't know. <laughs> when they came in, I made sure they had like a, a song sheet because we were supposed to be outside, moved inside. So, anyways, we had song sheets and I gave it to them. And I, I had the thought, like, are they here for something else? Like, we're in a town hall. Do they think yeah, that there's supposed to be something else happening right yeah, now? But yet yeah. we're at church. Which, which has <laughs> happened, right? Where people come in yeah. and they're like, we are not in the right place. <laughs> and then they leave partway through and they're all apologetic. And I'm like, you, you know, it's all right. It's okay. But it's all good. The, my point here is, here is the blueprint of the early church, right? So Peter, like we now have a church in Jerusalem that is, is a few thousand people. Um, they're trying to figure out how to do this. They have no system at all in place. Um, and that first verse, verse 42, helps us to understand what the early church was devoted to. Mm-hmm. And, and it's four simple things, right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and prayers. And if you just break those down and think about this, um, I don't think anything has changed in in ecclesiology and in, right. in what you should be looking for in a church. And this is part of our whole discipleship.ca goal is to help us all have a paradigm to figure out what should you actually be looking for mm. in your walk of faith. And so if you're looking at your church that you attend and you can't find one of these things, you need to ask your leadership why they don't do it. Yeah. Um, they don't have to do it all the same way, but you should be able to look and say, do we follow the apostles' teaching? That would be mm. scripture, uh, the Bible. Do we do we fellowship? Like, is there actual time for us to get together and and be together relationally? Uh, the breaking of bread, the Lord's table. Like, mm. do we have those standards that show what we believe, uh, who we are committed to in Christ? Right. So, and then prayer. We should always be focused in on prayer. So the four simple apostles' teaching, learning God's word through verbal teaching, right? Not just leaving it up to, hey, study whatever you want, but actually systematically taking the time to teach God's word mm. and, and make sure that you understand it in a way that applies to your life today. So your church needs to have that. 
If you don't have that, we're not following the blueprint that was laid out for us. Uh, Fellowship uh, to each other and to care for one another. In that fellowship deal, and we'll see it in a few verses, like they were worried about whether everybody was okay. It wasn't just like a, hey, how was your day? And let people off with a, oh, all right, how was your week? Okay. No, it's a little bit more than that. It's taking the time to rub shoulders, get to know life, and be part of that. There's the breaking of the bread, so they eat together. So, um, you know, our little church is, is yeah. uh, potlucks are, are a celebrated They're Sunday, huge. right? They're huge. They want to sit together and eat a meal together. So we do that fairly regularly. I'm actually always amazed and proud of oh, our yeah, people no. that bring so much food. And then we yeah. all, like, we never don't have enough. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, I, I like to, you know, I joke that it's my threat. Uh, yeah, my threat is that I will always have two dozen hot dogs. We do. And Those usually get eaten as well. Yeah, they do get eaten <laughs> as well. Um, yeah. But my threat is, like, I don't, we don't, there's no structure. You, <laughs> you want you want to bring a lasagna, bring a lasagna. You want to bring a bucket, sometimes of, we get, a bucket of chicken. Although I you want to bring a cake, bring a cake. I, I, we do have more desserts sometimes yeah. than others, but we never have just desserts or just yeah. uh, main you, meal. There are some people that make sure that we have salad because I think we could have yeah. potlucks without salad. Oh, that's, I know. There's a couple people that best. always bring salad, thankfully. But, and that's okay because the salad is delicious. And it's it goes. There's good. none left so at the end. So if you're listening, thank you, Tamara. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> we love your salad, yes. as does everybody. But it's uh, it's a potluck, right? <laughs> people, like not a pot schedule, not a pot orderly. Yeah, a potluck. Like, you know, it's a potluck. You, you, you get what you get. So um, the... The reality, though, is this early church was committed to the breaking of bread. They got together, fellowshiped, uh, um, would would be together for meals, and they would hold each other accountable to Jesus through the Lord's Supper, right? You're supposed to make sure that everything is okay in your relational world, in your heart and your mm, mind yeah, yeah, before check you yourself. come to that table, and, and there's that communal thing. So if you go to a church that doesn't celebrate the Lord's Supper on some kind of regularity, um, I've been in churches that have done it. Uh, monthly. Yeah, that's uh, been the most I, common, I, I think. I, I don't think you should really be at a church that does it less than that. It seems weird to me. Or doesn't do it. If or you, doesn't, if you don't, if you do, don't it, do it, then, it, then, no, then, then there's a there. serious problem. Um, yeah. We've moved in our ch- little church to doing it weekly. It's part of our every yeah. week routine. At first, honestly, I was like, oh, this is a lot of extra work. But then I, I, I kind of like it. Yeah. No, and I hear a, nothing it, but positive things it's about a, it's a good the thing. fact that we do that. And then the fourth one is prayer, right? Both private and public prayer. Um, not half-heartedly, right? We, mm. we need to learn how to pray. That's So we need to spend the time teaching it, modeling it. And so we have those moments. Like if you go to a church, and this is going to be hard for some people to hear because you probably do go to a church right. that doesn't pray. What? No. There are lots of churches that they'll welcome you in and they'll read a verse. And they'll sing a song and they'll sing a song and sing mm-hmm. a song and sing mm-hmm. a song. And then the sermon can happen. And sometimes, you know, you don't have those prayer moments where it's part of the everyday thing. Hmm. Um, that should be part of the deal, right? And and we should have this this devotion. These same four things should be part of our devotion uh, now. From there, it goes on to verse forty three. And those who believe were together and had all things in common. Um, we should expect uh, to feel awe because of what God is doing 
in your local church, right? We have all of these things going on. They have all things in common, the experiences that they were going through. Um, the way we do church in our, in our world today isn't the way they did it then. It's not that uh, you disappear separate for six days and then show up for one uh, yeah. hour, hour and a half, or whatever it might be, and suddenly you're together. No, they, they were rubbing shoulders all week long so that when they were together, Things were in common. Well, they were in each other's lives. They were in each other's lives. And because of that, they knew what God was at work doing. Hmm. Like, hey, God helped me with this. God got me through that. You know, Jesus was working with my kids this way. And and they were sharing all of those things. And and we need to get to that spot where uh, we're aware of what God is actually doing in the people in our local church. Yes. Um, Lots of times pastors know that. And we, we... you know, sometimes, we're asked to not share or yeah. sometimes it's a private deal and we don't yeah. always get to celebrate it. But, you know, life groups and discipleship groups and care groups and all of those kinds mm-hmm. of things. These are these places where we should have those relationships where we learn what is going on. Um, and then, you know, what, do, what does that look like? What does yeah. it look like uh, when all that are believed are together and have all things in common? That when we all start to track together and uh, work those things out. From there it goes to, uh, well, I think I just read the wrong verse. No, I don't yeah. think you did. No, I did. And awe came upon every soul and many winners and signs were being done through the, the apostles. That was 43. So, oh, uh, I see. <laughs> yeah. So feeling that, that understanding what God is at work doing, um, then we get to 44 and 45. All who believed were together, hmm. had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing yeah. the proceeds to all as had need. Right now I get it. We have yeah. like uh, particularly in in more organized countries or countries with like different taxation laws, right? So we're in Canada. There's the Canadian uh, revenue oh, yeah, people. Yeah. They got they got rules that we all have to follow. Yeah. This early church, they literally just put the put the money in a pile, and then started taking care of people's needs, and the pile just didn't run out. Imagine, I can't even right? and comprehend. So, so it's not that people would that. show up and say, hey, I'm buying a house. It's that but like, it also who sounds, can't eat, who, who's yeah, got, you know. Like it's those within the church, not yeah. necessarily those outside of the church. Well, they get they but get to know. that spot, right? In, uh, in, yeah. In common history, in, in Roman times, the Christians were known as the people that would take the unwanted children. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right? Yeah. So... So they were the early versions of adoption. They were the early versions of social care because they looked around and went, nobody cares about these people. Mm-hmm. Jesus does. Mm-hmm. Bring them in. Yeah. Right? So it is a layer of, yes, it's their church that they're taking care of, but their church was pre- had a pretty big open door to get in. Right. Right? Let's, let's bring them in. So the early church had a love and a care for each other and for the community around them. They saw all of their possessions as God's. Yeah. There wasn't yeah. anything that they held back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. One time. That's a check early, right there for us. Early in ministry, uh, you know, as I was a youth pastor, and so I was a youth pastor in multiple multiple towns. And uh, one of the things that I would do is I would always, when I landed into the new church and I didn't really know people, I would just put a survey sheet in the oh, bulletin and say, hey, the youth group is always looking for good places to hang out and have fun and do events. Mm-hmm. And I made a list. Like, if you got a boat that <laughs> you would let us use. Right, swimming or pool. Or any drive for us, a swimming yeah. pool that we could have a Vehicles barbecue driving. at. Yeah, yeah. Be, like, mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. It was amazing to me yeah. how many people were like, 
No. Yeah, not even. No. I have a pool, but no. Yeah. I have I have a theater room, but no. I have a I have a games room with a pool table and the whole deal and all this fun stuff, but no. And it's like and you get to know kids. You kids get wreck to, things. Yeah, kids, kids break my <laughs> stuff. I'm not having teenagers and in you my just house. Go, okay, well, oh, I guess okay. I guess God. Oh, gave but you. then there was the one you remember, Gord. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he me. Amazing. He would have gave me like quite literally. He literally everything. was like, all yeah. of my stuff is God's. What do you need? Yeah. And he did have a pool, and he did have vehicles, and he shared them. Yeah. Without hesitation. Yeah. For yeah. The and in, church and, and, the, and there are the those body. people, but it's amazing. There are so many more of us. Oh uh, yes, he was hard, one in a million. <laughs> have a hard time letting go. Yeah. Uh, we hold back what we think is ours. I know. Yeah. And we right. don't want to let other people have access to it. And uh, you know that's a wrestle for us, even as we sit here in our house that is a really old, small cabin, and we're trying to renovate it while working and living. And, and it's kind and, of in and it's kind of process. In, it's in process, so there's stuff, and it's hard to have people come in because we're like, okay, well, it's not child safe, and it's not this friendly, and it's kind of like if you got allergies to like sawdust, that's going to be a problem. And <laughs> you know, like there's th- there's things, and it yeah. gets hard to you know, share your space and all that kind of stuff. But it the does. early church didn't have that. Yeah. Right. They were just like, nope, everything is, everything yeah. is God's. And so they would put this stuff into the middle and, and uh, let the, let the apostles be the ones to sort it out. Uh, the question becomes there, like when we see needs, does your church meet them? Hmm. Like, if you, are, are you part of a church that's actually trying to do the ministry of the gospel? And sometimes as small churches, it's hard to uh, to do that well. I mean, in, in our context, a small church under 100, we don't have a lot of resources to meet a lot of tangible needs, but we do have a bigger body of churches that we're connected to. Right. Um, and so we do have some, some opportunities. But if your church is totally inward, hmm. worried about keeping all the stuff to themselves and not thinking about how to meet those needs, it's something that should be a concern. And the yeah, question absolutely. should become... Hey, how come we're not reaching out? And maybe right? ask why and yeah. see if that's something that God is leading you to help bring change in. 100%. And then we get to verse uh, 46 and 47. Day by day, attending the temple together, because they were still doing church at the temple. They hadn't, hadn't right. figured that part out yet. <laughs> and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Mm. Um the interesting part was God didn't commend the early church in the book of Acts because they were growing at the start. Right. He said they're com- God wrote down that they're committed to the teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and prayer. And when you commit to those things, people are added to the church. Yeah. When we yeah. commit to those things. Um, one of the things that we do uh, in our church, we're committed to expository preaching. Right. And in a lot of circles, that's a, that's a that's a no no. We should do felt hmm. need preaching, right? Right. Address common things that no, we do expository preaching, and it's incredible to me as you break through the barriers to that, how many people suddenly want to uh, join your church? Yeah, because no. they want God's word, uh, they want to learn how to pray, they want to be. Uh, reminded of the sacrifices that Christ made for us at the cross through the Lord's Supper. They want fellowship. They want all of these things. And the early believers just kept meeting and sharing and doing these things, and this leads them to having favor with the whole community around them. 
Yeah, because well, they're of course, di- because right? they're different. Yeah, and that's another thing well, that you want to look at if you're in your church is if you. And this used to be the question that we get got asked all the time: if your church was to disappear, would the town you're in care? Right. Would suddenly they go, "Uh oh, who's going to look after?" Right. This area of life. Right. Um, people were coming to know Jesus and joining the church daily. Baptisms were happening daily, like. You know, they, they had to figure these things out. The numbers were insane, mm-hmm. but it's not mm-hmm. because they were being uber evangelistic. Uber. They were just being faithful yes. to the word of God, yes. yeah. celebrating the sacrifice of Christ by having fellowship together and praying mm-hmm. and taking mm-hmm. care of one another. So the challenge or the question for you is, is as you work out becoming a disciple of Christ and as you work out what it means to be uh, becoming and transformed more and more into his image, does your church match what mm. a church should look like from Acts chapter right. 2, 42 yeah. through 47? Yeah. It's not anything that is like, you know, first century, uh, you know, Jerusalem. <laughs> we can do all these things anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we can do all these things with all of the different rules that you have in the society that you happen to be in. Because I know I got people, we got people all around the world listening to this thing. So right. you can make this happen anywhere. But the four things in verse 42 have to be part of They're the They're like non-negotiable, right? You need to have those in your church. This is important for the growth, not only for your church, but for you. Yeah. And that is to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, mm-hmm. to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Oh. Guys, thanks for joining us for our conversation today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe, leave a like or comment on our social streams, or even tell others about us. We appreciate any help in getting connected to people who are interested. As always, you can find us online at discipleship.ca and on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day, and I hope you can join us next time. Till next time.